0: Uh, I've heard better, but it was, it was fine. Okay, okay,
1: okay. I'm going to start right now. Okay.
0: Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, let uh, Let's go! Mm-hmm.
1: This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into our Fearless Beer Review. We get into the vinyl pickups. That leads into our Songs of the Week. And then we talk about some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Now go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. You can even call us and leave us a voicemail. Nobody's done that for a while. So go do that for us. That'd be great. Our phone number Five zero three eight nine three five three zero seven. Get into that, and uh, yeah, give us another five star rating if you haven't already on iTunes. Please, 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 mm. guys, please,
0: please, please me.
1: Yes. So yeah, let's uh, let's just jump right into our fearless beer review, Jeff. What do you got?
0: Um, I am I am uh, I am trying to get back on the stouts.
1: <laughs> Gross. It's,
0: okay. Uh, I am really. I'm in this weird this weird mood right now where i'm just not i'm not really down to like drink anything except for like coors lights it's it's weird, weird. like i <laughs> I, haven't, dude, I haven't even bought like but like limes in a while i haven't bought like the prickly pear michelope ultras it's just it's only coors lights with limes so weird i don't know and it's 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 kind of frightening but um <laughs> I have this beer. It's called Forest Fortress. It's an Imperial pastry stout. It's coconut, hazelnut, mm. coffee, vanilla beans, cacao nibs, twelve percent. Um Ooh. this is sometimes co-op toasty. co-op I don't know. Two different breweries I guess are joining hands and brewing this thing. I don't know. But uh this this is this is what I got, so I am uh, I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> Because I bought that rent
1: house one memory for like oh, ten yeah, bucks
0: and it was a drain pour. That
1: was your first drain pour, I think, too. On the pod.
0: Yeah, dude, it was I nah. Nah.
2: <laughs> nah.
0: Yeah, I this nah. is this this has got four point two fives on untapped. Okay. So it's a little
2: high, but thirty
0: five hundred okay. check-ins. So a lot of people think it's really good. But uh. I will be the uh I will be the deciding vote. I'm I'm the I'm the Kevin Costner. I'm the swing vote baby. My vote matters most.
1: Okay. Okay. All votes matter. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do I got? I got I got something from, uh, you know, Pizza Port Brewing Company. Solid, solid brewery. Solid, solid pizza. Down in uh, South Orange County in San Diego. And, um, yeah, this one is called Taste for Adventure India Pale Ale. 7%. I got a can of it. It's, I think, 21, 22 ounces or something uh yeah another kind of cool relaxing label picture that they have I always like their labels they're very nice and um let's get into it are you ready
0: uh i am i poured mine. i'm ready to go kid
1: here we go okay how would how's, how was your stout it's good it's good yeah
0: I'm licking the syrup off my fingers
1: that's so disgusting! Oh, sucking God. a
0: syrup off my phalanges.
1: That is absolutely <laughs> disgusting.
0: Yeah, Ugh. this is uh, this is solid. I I don't. I've said it before. I don't like the taste of coconut, but mm-hmm. I like fake coconut taste, like artificial coconut flavoring. That's and weird. this has that kind of real coconut taste, but it's so subtle, and it's right there in the beginning. Like boom, you get coconut, and then it transitions into vanilla. And mm-hmm. so it's a smooth transition and it's really good. <clears throat> okay. So I this is pretty good.
2: This is Okay, pretty good.
1: well we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer, you're gonna continue to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but you should at least try it, and zero is a drain pour. So what are you gonna give this twelve percent stout out right,
0: right now this is a two point five. Oh god Yeah, this is a two point five. This is taking everything that I like and then adding coconut to it, which is what I was very hesitant on, and mm. and it's working for me. It is. I I sometimes really fucking hate the real coconut taste, and it ruins a beer. But <laughs> this one, just I don't know how they how they manufactured it, how they brewed it, but the transition into the vanilla, because dude, vanilla is so good. Like vanilla, you can't go wrong with. Yeah,
1: I like vanilla a lot.
0: Like you put vanilla almost anything, is gonna be fucking good.
1: True. So yeah. it, it's
0: but that transition from coconut to vanilla, like I never realized that they're very similar in tastings. So it's good. No well, maybe a little bit. I don't know. They they definitely are. That uh-huh. you can take you can take that to the bank and cash it probably. For how much? Um what's a lot? Like fifteen bucks? Fifteen bucks a lot, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, fifteen yeah. bucks. <laughs> God, <it's so> <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in the memo okay. line, baby. <laughs>
1: um my my taste for adventure ipa from pizza port it's good yeah, i i'd give this a solid two um it's not their best ipa it's not super hoppy it's not malty thankfully it has a nice color i could see through it i like when you could see through i regular ipas the only ipas that you shouldn't be able to see through are hazies so uh this is it's good it's solid i i'd go back to it but there's a they have better ipas but it's good so solid two and um, our boy Raul on Beer Advocate, he, uh, he did leave a review for this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave it a 4.25 out of 5. And his, uh, his review says, so, so legit. <laughs> Pizza support is so, so legit. Like the Dodgers spanking the Padres year in and year out. This one is a winner. Just beautiful. Like Astro Cheater, Justin Verlander's wife. Mm-mm. Smash the can? Think I shall. There you go. What fucking guy, dude?
0: <laughs> He's like crushing on his head like some frat boy at a party,
1: or maybe like like what Chris was saying um, when he was on the pod, like like smashing a beer just means to like chug it or something. Oh, uh, I think that's what it means. Dang, maybe it's smashable. That, that's what he says. He he he, always, he says it's things are smashable when they're easy to drink. That's what it is.
0: Maybe he really is a real Raul Mondesi. Maybe that's like a a language thing because we would say like crushable, right? Wouldn't that be Mm -hmm. something that like fat boys say oh it's crushable bruh. it's crushable yeah smashable like i don't i mean i haven't been in a fraternity in a very long time er, ever actually but i don't know (laughs) i don't know this is literally so unimportant that i'm losing interest so fast
1: (laughs) (laughs) but did you like all the the baseball references
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the only reason why I like talking about Raul Mondesi, because I like talking <laughs> about baseball. I mi- I did, I, Oh, my God. I miss baseball so much. It'll so be back much. in like a
1: month. We don't even know. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, please, it will. If we just had the Super Bowl and there are people in the stadium, this, we're going to have baseball.
0: This is going to be a good year for the Angels, because this is the last year that Poulos is on his contract. So next year, he'll be gone. So we'll have an extra 25 mil throw around. We just signed Shohei Otani for, for a measly little two-year, which is all he's worth. So next year, like like this year is going to be a wash. We're not going to really get anywhere, but we're going to be thinking about what we're doing next year. Next year is going to be a big year. So I'm very, hmm. I'm very excited to watch baseball this year, but I'm very, very excited to watch the Angels
1: get at it next year. Okay. Makes sense. Unless Pujols has his best year. Paul has
0: had a good year since we fucking picked him up
1: he's making I know what a disappointment million. that was right Unbelievable What a disappointment for the team
0: I don't think he's hit above like 295 since we picked him up and th- Like the dude was Like, like in St. Louis Easily mm-hmm. one of the greatest baseball players of all time Top five even Amazing yeah. player in Anaheim <laughs> Oof. He's barely above the Mendoza line He's terrible
1: He just wanted to live someplace nice I guess so hey, I California.
0: I mean, that's why Trout likes. You know, I likes he likes SoCal, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, and if you can afford Southern California, then fucking more power to you. Absolutely, and Trout can. I mean, he's.
0: Yeah, he's
1: making he's making some it, buku bucks. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of a lot of cash. Thirty five mil a year. That's insane to play <laughs> for the Angels, <laughs> a team that like at this point is not going to win. World Series anything. Dude, time but season. they
0: got money. Like, it's crazy how much money the Angels have. It's, 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 it's yeah. insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, all right. well, you know, Raul Mondesi.
1: Good for him. Raul Mondesi, there Not you go. Not an Angel,
0: but that's fine. No.
1: Who did he play for again? The Doyers? The Doyers. The Doyers. Probably other people mm-hmm. too. I don't know. All right. All right. So this has to be him on Beer Advocate. Yeah. That is, that is, reference. Like,
0: I, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm going to give him a call after this and confirm, but I'm pretty sure... That is that is definitely him.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, uh, so we're done with our fearless beer review. Let's just get into the what we picked up uh, vinyl wise and or what we've listened to that was new, and then that'll lead Go. into our songs of the week. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go.
0: So I listened to a lot of stuff this week. I've been trying to get through my backlog, and I I almost gave up on it, dude. Like I was really close after the Billy Joel incident last week. I was very, <laughs> I was very. Uh, What's like? A, what's like the antonym for for determined? I was very um driven. No, the, the, the no, opposite of, of oh of oh. The o- I didn't hear
1: you say say opposite. Uh, whatever
0: whatever it was, <laughs> I was and I was very. Uh, I, I just didn't want to do it. Like I, I got about a hundred records in my backlog, and I was like, you know what, dude, I don't want to do this shit anymore. So I almost just gave up and was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna start listening to the stuff that I know is really good and start going through it again, whatever." But mm-hmm. I I gave it a chance, and the first one I listened to was the cover. His his name is Hans Olsen. Okay. The cover he has an eye patch, so like already I was uh, I was interested, right? Because why? I don't know <laughs> because you don't see it that often, and it's just cool. <laughs> It's just a cool thing. I don't know. It looks rad. And he's like, has, he gets, he's, it's black cover. He's got an eye patch. He's playing the koozie guitar. I was like, dude, this guy has to be good because mm-hmm. he looks so fucking cool. <laughs> and I threw it on and I was dude. blown away, dude. It was so fucking good. It was just straight up like, I didn't even know how to categorize it. Is it folk or is it blues? It's just him and the guitar. And okay. he plays the harmonica. And this dude had a has has did a crazy interesting life. So he got an eye patch from like an accident when he was like five or six. His cousin threw an arrow, just like tossed an arrow in the air. And he like, huh? Looked up, right in the eyeball. Gone. Since the age oh, of like shit. six. At some point, he became like an alcoholic and began drinking, using drugs. And then something happened to where he somehow like... I don't know if he used to cut himself or as like like a suicide thing or like as a cry for help thing or if he used to cut himself because he wanted to shock people but Mm -hmm. somehow he he cut himself with a knife and it went a little bit too deep so he lost lost feeling in his left hand so that basically made him like bored so he forced himself to learn the harmonica and then he got feeling back in his left hand so he started playing guitar but he he was already really good at the harmonica so now he plays guitar and does the harmonica thing and sings and it's just really really good and then he moved to Arizona at some point and became this huge, like, big deal in Arizona. And the more I Googled, like, his name and then the iconic venues in Arizona that some are still here, some have shut down. But he played all of them. He hosted a radio show in Phoenix for, like, a decade mm-hmm. and a half. He, he's, like, like, Phoenix Times released, like, top 100 songs that are important to Arizona of all time. He's in, like, the top 10. He's Interesting. Interesting just a really interesting guy but the but the album that i have is called western winds that was his first one it's from like 1972 or 1973 and like i said man i don't know if if i should put it in like the blues category or the folk category because it could easily
1: fall in both i'm thinking more folk than blues i don't even know i haven't even listened to the music but it's it's from what you're saying it sounds more like country or folk
0: it is uh, definitely not not country it is it is based in blues a lot of the riffage that he does is based in the blues a lot of the bars he throws out they're based in blues but because of the harmonica and kind of because of the way he the way he talks about things that are not very blues like right Mm because blues it's a lot of heartfelt stuff a lot of loss like that it's not always about that with him so that's why i kind of lean towards the folk the folk realm okay a little bit more but it was really cool and it got me like reinvigorated to to listen to my backlog and he started the Arizona or or the green the green party of Arizona in 1991 he started this hmm. this organization
1: pretty progressive for an older guy you know? yeah he's
0: he's dude he's he's rad he is cool and I, I'm gonna look out for more of this guy <laughs> because he's awesome
1: where you, was this just in a big a big bundle a big bin that you got
0: yeah this is just in a bin and and i picked i kept this one because he had an eye patch I thought it looked cool oh
2: my God,
0: so yeah. when I'm looking ridiculous. through hundreds literally hundreds of yeah. records in these bins, I only have like one thing to go off, whether or not I know the person or not is just what the cover art looks like true 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 and he uh he got me just i mean the cover art looked like it looked very earnest like he 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 was he was putting himself out there already nineteen seventy two baby And he got me. <laughs> Real mean. That's
1: great. That's so great.
0: So that was cool. I had a good time with that. Um another one that I picked up was totally different, but I finally got an Edgar Allan Poe, like poems album. I've been looking You're for one for a while. With spoken word stuff. I just stuff. I can't get enough of this shit. It's so fuck it's so good. And then I like before I do it, I research what poems are on there and then I copy and paste like the lyric sheet for it yeah and so my first listen through, I will just listen to it, and a lot of these old old timey poems and and short stories, they're kind of hard to follow because we're not used to that language that that nomenclature. And so my second listen through i I, I print out the literature and I was reading it. And it was really cool. but this is read uh this was read by a guy named basil Rathbone. I, I've never heard of him The last name sounds familiar. he so this is from nineteen fifty eight this recording. And he's just an old British actor, like popular in the, in the tens through the sixties. Okay. And, and he's an interesting guy too. Like he, he served in world war one, won a bunch of awards in the service for being like a good swordsman. That's weird. Like who what the fuck? In world war one. Yeah. But, That's and then so like bizarre. After his service, he became like a well-known, but like his biggest role was Sherlock Holmes. But then he also played in a lot of, like, pirate movies, like, like swashbuckling pirate movies. Ooh, that's cool. And his, his like, swordsmanship in the service helped him teach the other people in the movies how to be better swordsmen.
1: Okay, so he choreographed it all. That's that's pretty rad.
0: Yeah, so that's really cool. And then, like, another interesting thing about about him that I found was, like, his little brother, I guess, died in combat while he was still enlisted. And then he, like, lost it. Basil, he, like, lost it. Like, his overridden with guilt or whatever it was, but he eventually started to run surveillance missions that are generally done at night, right? Because that would make sense. He was just like, fuck it. He would just go off on his own and do them during the day. Minimal camouflage, just, just surveil the enemy, go behind enemy lines in some type of like suicide mission thing. But he never got hurt and he won a fuck ton of like medals and awards for it. And I guess he would just had this overwhelming guilt of his brother's death to where he didn't care if he died.
1: Damn. You have like all these like cool stories.
0: dude. I just like these this records, is one i these random records you bought. This is one that I got for free at all of those just because the cover is really cool. The cover is like bright purple. Like, so like obviously this one has the Raven on it, that's, that's for me, it's that's classic. the only one that I know a lot. I, I know a lot of that poem, yeah. but then the other ones I've heard of, but I never read them, like The Red Death, uh, The Black Cat. I know these. I know the themes of them, but I never I never listened to them, I never read them. So that's yeah. why I picked up this record. And it was free. It was in the 50 Cent Bin, and it was a little jacked up. But he's just like, just fucking take it. Get rid of it. Oh. Get this shit out of my record store.
1: Damn, that's the best record store. I love that place.
0: Yeah. So, you know, whatever. I don't know. I okay. Don't know. Yeah, so that was fun. I had a good time with that. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh-huh. sounds, that sounds not fun. <laughs> um, I did, I did buy, I did buy a new album, kind of, say anything, um, I, they're like repressing there, there is a real boy slash was a real boy on spider vinyl. And I bought that and it was like 38 bucks. and It was a little too expensive. So I thought, you know, maybe like, maybe the regular pressings prices have gone down and I went on discogs and I'm like sure enough, like all the prices went down. And so I picked one up for like 25 bucks with shipping. And I got that one this Damn. week, played that one. This is their second album from 2004. I'm going to add this to my list of albums to do because it is a absolute banger. And we've done it before. We have. Yeah. We did it before, but we didn't like, we didn't do it before. You know? Yeah. We didn't, we didn't do like, the lyrics. Well, he was like, like
1: yeah.
0: And he's done so. Dude, this guy, dude, he is just a, he's a fun mess. Everything about his music is just a fun mess. And uh, he sings, he writes the songs, and he plays most, if not all, of the bass guitar, the keyboards, the guitar. Like He does almost all of it, except for the drums. And it's, yeah. damn, there's just like some strong melodies here. It's, it's insane. It is crazy. It's a decent album. It is, from the last it time is I listened more to. than decent. It is, uh, it, is a, it is a hidden gem. It is a lost
1: gem. <laughs> At least say, when we go into that album, I'll, I'll, I'll know, I'll... I'll i have already listened to it prior, so you know I I won't be surprised like I was with Against Me and other artists we've done.
0: That's true. You hated Against Me.
1: That's fine though. Yeah, I really did not I just don't get it, man. I just do <laughs> not get it. it. Makes no sense. No okay. sense at all.
0: All right. Well <laughs> Um another one I got. Uh, grand funk another one this is a this is Course. a compilation this is a greatest hits this is mark don and mel greatest hits everything basically before phoenix came Wait, out. why would you get a greatest hits because it was like seven dollars and i got it because it came with a poster and the inner sleeves were the original inner sleeves and they're really cool because they're just like a photocopy snippets of all like newspaper articles from the time from like Phoenix oh, okay. and before. And so it just had a bunch of articles written by various newspapers, news outlets and their original. And there's a really ugly poster of them that was like completely intact, never touched that came with the record. So I, uh, I splurged.
1: <laughs> you splurged the seven bucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise I would never buy a greatest hits, especially if I already, I have every one of these
1: songs already. Yeah, this that just seems so strange to me. I mean,
0: I only bought it because it came with the original sleeves and it had the poster, and it I mean, was seven you,
1: bucks. I guess you're a completionist now. So. I I guess so. <laughs> I probably
0: will eventually. they are cheap, so whatever. Yeah. This was one of the more this this was one of the more expensive Grand
1: Funk's that I've bought too, actually. Which is crazy, seven dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually they're free to three dollars.
1: <laughs> That's true. It's free. The most I've spent, I think, was six dollars, and that was for Phoenix. Damn, yeah.
0: that's a like—I mean a good one. That's right. That's
1: a great record. That's okay. Mind um, you, I only have two records from them, but yeah. What are you gonna do?
0: Another one I listened to that I've been putting off just because I just didn't—I I wasn't interested. But I listened to it because I, I was on the high from that Hans Olsen, and so I, uh, Patty Smith. You ever heard Patty Smith? Yeah, absolutely. Patty Smith her album Easter. She's like an original punk rocker from from New York, and contributed a lot to like the punk movement in New York in the '70s. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just I've never I don't know a lot about her other than what I just said. Yeah, and I listened to this album, and like the first song was kind of lame. Like it was, I I I thought this 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 shit sucks. But then she got into this weird realm, and it ties in so well to our album of the week, to where she's just like. She's just saying shit for shock now like she drops the end bomb on a on a track in like fifteen twenty thirty times,
2: and that's in interviews. Surprising.
0: and like dude she's yeah, she just does not give a fuck, and hmm. as I looked at the cover art it's it's cool because it's like so she doesn't shave her armpits so that already that's kind of like oh that's that's a cool little fuck you to societal norms, right mm hmm She's not wearing a bra, and so she's wearing like a thin shirt, so you can kind of like see under her shirt, but kind of not. And yeah, I didn't read a lot about her because this is one I listened to today, but I'm going to check out more of this girl because she's like the original punker. She yeah, just I mean,
1: she's very popular.
0: Just spouts shit off, doesn't even care. Hmm. One okay. of her more one I, more I don't think I've songs, ever really heard
1: any. I don't think I've ever really heard any Patty Smith ever.
0: She has one song from this album, Easter, that was co-written by Bruce Springsteen that you've probably heard. I can't remember what the name was right now, but okay. I'm sure you've heard it. Because I, I I recognized it when I heard
1: it. Interesting. Okay. That was just really, weird, was, too, Bruce Springsteen. I,
0: I, I was just really fucking shocked that she was so vulgar and dropping that. I mean, we're at a time now where, where vulgarity is... It's so weird, man, because you can be canceled for your vulgarity, but then you can <laughs> also know. be praised, right? Like, Cardi B is praised for her g- vulgarity. And yeah. Just, it's it's literally there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's complete hit or miss. It makes no sense. No. There's no there's no textbook. It's, it's shitty.
1: Yeah, it's shitty. totally agreed. Totally agreed.
0: Um, I got Duran Duran's Rio. Oh God, why? Oh, I knew you're gonna say that. I knew, <laughs> knew you're gonna do this. This is their this is their second from 1982. This is a banger, man. This is a good album. I don't like, I I shouldn't say that. I really hate most of this kind of new wave 80s stuff. Yeah. But there's like three or four albums that I will tolerate and I like, this being one of them. I have another one that that Sloan bought me yesterday. I haven't listened to yet, but Culture Club's first album. But
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Duran Duran's Rio, their second. Dude, this is a banger of an album, dude. The song's Hungry Like a Wolf. Everybody knows that song. That's a banger.
1: That song is kind of a banger, yeah the
0: song rio like the title track you think that you probably don't know that song but you do you know that okay. song and it's damn good and this this album is just really good like everybody's really tight no one is really showing off but at the same time the the like the melodies are are really really there the structure's there everyone's everyone's doing a really good job and i thought it was interesting too that the guitarist the bass player and the drummer all the same last name but aren't related.
1: Oh, that's super weird. What is it like Smith or something? It's Taylor. Oh, okay. so it's
0: very very common. But common. three of them.
1: Yeah, that that is a little little strange. I thought Pretty for sure.
0: I thought for sure like all oh, these three guys like they're they're brothers of course right? Or cousins or something? No, not related at all. So hmm. that was that was a little I don't know, I thought that was funny. But this is a bang every now and then. check it out. It was like five okay. bucks.
1: Duran Duran is Jonathan Davis's favorite band. Really? Yeah. Favorite band.
0: Look at that. If you see yeah. Rio, if you see Rio for under seven dollars, you better buy it. Uh, seven dollars I'm saying it right now. Seven dollars or under, buy it. You don't like it, I pay for it. Ooh, okay. I'm putting my stamp on it, baby.
1: Okay, okay. You've convinced me. You've convinced me on this one. It's a good I'll one. give it a shot.
0: Um I okay. listen to Ted Nugent. Tad Nugent. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? That seventies? Oh, you hate that show anyway.
1: No, I hate that show.
0: But they they went to a a Ted Nugent concert, and mm-hmm. they were they were scalping like fake T shirts. That fez, you know fezes. Yeah. Wilmer Valder Valder something Valderrama. Valderrama. He yeah. made fake shirts for Ted Nugent, and the cops showed up, and they're about to arrest him. <laughs> but because he speaks like kind of like broken English, he thinks his name was Tad Nugent. Like T-A-B Oh so he wrote that on. So he Said wrote Tad Nugent On all the shirts And so they got off Because it's not really counterfeit Because he's fucking spelled it wrong <laughs> 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 Oh that's good That's good stuff but See there's some in really That show that are funny
1: Sometimes no, I mean but then you're also Watching 25 minutes of a show That Where one minute is good And another 24 is shit Not worth it
0: Yeah it's true Um yeah, listen, she did two Ted Nugent albums, Free for All, which is his second, and then Double Live, which is like his fourth or fifth. Just a live album. And I really and? dig I really dig the live stuff. Like if he didn't and he doesn't that much, but when he just rocks out, when he just jams He's so good. He reminds me of like Grand Funk. Like when Grand Funk mm, like they're yeah. not they're not set any records. He's not, you know, he's not like a top five, ten guitarist of all time. He's just a really good rocker
1: mm mm-hmm. and but he is a sick guitar player too but yeah like you said he's not like legendary but he is he he's he rips it up
0: dude he just he he finds a groove and they ride it out and there's one song that's like 17 18 minutes and he sings maybe four lines and it's just he just he just rocks out he finds that that groove and mm-hmm. like i said man he, he goes from like fast stuff to slow stuff to to not even playing anything and letting the drummer kind of do his thing and then slowly ease his way back into it. It's really, really good.
1: Yeah. It's a shame. Like people completely discredit everything about him because of his political views. But damn dude, the fucker can just, he's such a sick guitar player. He's just, oh man, I like Ted Nugent. I mean, I don't agree with some of the stuff that he does. It says, but damn dude, outside of that, he's pretty rad.
0: I mean, I, I will, I will say too that I'm not a. I, when he sings, it, dude, it's boring. It's he's <laughs> not he's not good. He's he's vanilla. Yeah, but you're best. not there
1: for his singing,
0: right? So like, why even you do know? it? So football True. but like free for all. Free for all was a different story because free for all, he was singing, and I was like, you know, this ain't bad. This is very like, this is very like bad kind of like '80s metal ish, mm-hmm. and I thought this is kind of cool, like what he's doing. So like I was reading into it, and it's fucking Meatloaf. Meatloaf is singing no on that record, yeah. <laughs> Before Meatloaf even came out with his "Bad at a Hell" record, he's sang vocals on no Ted Nugent's second album. No shit, I had no and idea. Like, and that was cool because now we don't get kind of like the boring Ted Nugent vocals, even though Meatloaf isn't setting any records either. But at no. least, at least he kind of has like his own unique style to him. And then you match him up with like Ted Nugent, and it's just, it's just like two guys just fucking jamming and having a good time.
1: That's sick. It was I remember really seeing cool. them. I remember seeing 10 Nugent. I seen him twice. The first time was at NAMM, and he only played like three, maybe four songs. But when I saw him at House of Blues, um, he I mean, he probably played for like an hour and a half, and most of the time it was like instrumental, and him jamming with the band, and him getting the crowd pumped up. And At the time, the dude is probably 55, 60, and he was still like fucking ripping it up at that venue and just getting everybody hyped all these old people just getting them all hyped and i was like the youngest <laughs> one there it was great it's fantastic that's
0: what i feel like like ted nugent probably does best is is at a live show he just dude he's runs around and just won't, won't like shut the fuck up and yeah. if you're not having a good time he'll make it like his personal mission to make sure that you have a good time
1: <laughs> and it's funny because when he plays live he doesn't he doesn't sing with like a traditional microphone. He has a microphone headset on. Oh God. So he just like runs around and like talks while he's like ripping it up. And yeah, it's, it, it looks really weird and it looks funny, but the music is, is so good. It doesn't matter. He, but, yeah.
0: He's like an entertainer first, but yeah. he also just so happens to be really, really
1: good at the guitar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you know who did that a lot too with the microphone headset was uh, Garth Brooks. You ever watch any videos with Garth Brooks, and he always no, has what? an acoustic guitar, but <laughs> then he always has the headset on, too, and a cowboy hat? Fucking oh, man. Guy. Garth. <laughs> we got to do a Garth Brooks record, man. I, That's going to suck. S- I've
0: said that in the past. I've said it in the past, but... <laughs> you have, yeah. When, when and then I said I wanted it, to do
1: Chris Gaines.
0: Uh, I mean, both <laughs> of these... <Nah>.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the next one I, next one I got is from a... Uh, um, by an artist called Kwame, K W A M E, and the Sounds album's funny. called Follow I. This is uh, this is like reggae. This is was his. This was his only album, 1980, and it's this cool fusion of, of reggae and like R and B, but with like sprinklings of disco.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: And I bought this for like three bucks at Nickels, and I forgot I even had it. I listened to it this week, and it's really really good. It's it's. I mean, it's not. Like the best thing I've ever heard, but even with the disco stuff, yeah, it's incorporated really well. I'm not, I'm not a hater of disco. I do like disco music. Well, like I think disco music has its place in time. I think there are some really phenomenal things about disco, and I think if you can incorporate disco into your own music, I think that is that's like the bee's knees, man. That's good stuff. And and he does it really well, dude. Like the like reggae disco. That sounds so lame.
1: It does sound kind of stupid, <laughs> but it's
0: cool. It fits, and it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really good. But I couldn't, okay. I couldn't. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, get in my gonna, story I'm here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like a little cartoon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> I couldn't find that much info on this guy, but I think he's a professor at the Pratt Institute, which is in uh, uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's, there's like nothing on this dude except on the Discogs page. There's a little excerpt. And then I'm am like various like all music or various other pages. There's like the same excerpt. Then if you okay. go to the Pratt Institute, there's like kind of the same excerpt, but just churched up a little bit to sound more Pratt Institute like. <laughs> Is that and, that's an art
1: school, right? Yeah,
0: it's okay. it's it's in Brooklyn specifically. Okay. but yeah, it's yeah not some stupid fucking private school. Who gives a shit? But there's like some matches there. And especially, like, like where he's from and, like, parental information,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's, I mean, the chances of those things coinciding are, I don't know, that's that's a big coincidence if it's two totally different people. Yeah. But then I dug a little deeper, right, because mm-hmm. I, I had to know. I was like, did this guy go from being, like, a reggae disco artist to a teacher, a professor? Like, how rad. How cool. <laughs> so then I went to, like, rate my professor dot com and if anyone's Damn, ever you gone to college pagan. in America, yeah, I would do that. I was like genuinely curious. <laughs> so if anyone's like gone to like college in America, you can go to a website. I don't know if it's as popular as it was when I went to college, but rate my professor. You can what it says. You can put your professor in there. You can rate them. And there's criterion. There's like how were the lectures? How was the homework? How were the tests? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And one of the common factors between all these people was was this guy would always say you know after everything you know like he was just talking to you know oh, okay yeah so he was like that and some of the music like i can hear he doesn't say you know but he kind of has these 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 endings to his sentences mm-hmm. these endings to where people that say you know or or they say like a lot they have those things in them <laughs> and in the music yeah. i could tell like okay if you just replace this with i with with you know i could i could totally hear it or whatever it was. <laughs> so
1: weird. And then, and then... For, for people to even, like, comment that on that website is so bizarre. Dude, Raymond, Professor is so
0: great. It's so funny how... I mean, people talk about, obviously, like, how, how good-looking professors are, if they smell, what their teeth look like. This is clearly... <laughs> like, like, this is why people don't take younger people seriously. Is because they set up a website that's supposed to be informative because you shouldn't have to take a class with a professor and spend money if you're just going to clash with that person and you, you you won't get over those boundaries or whatever it is, cause now you're spending money, but
2: mm-hmm. rate,
0: my, rate my professor has now turned into like this popularity contest thing. And it just, it just shows oh. how shitty mm-hmm. like younger people are. It's funny. But anyway, there was, there was also like a, a school ad from the Pratt university from several years ago, like five, six, seven years ago that had a, that a student was asking for help with a music video they were making. And, Professor Kwame was overseeing the video and he was kind of the the person attached to like the, the curriculum to make it worth worth credits. And mm-hmm. they were asking for volunteers, but the volunteers would be paid like dinner and like twenty five bucks or whatever it was. And the yeah. video they were
1: shooting, the genre was reggae.
0: Okay. And so that I was like, dude, there's no fucking way. Like this has to be him.
1: Yeah, I mean even even before that it sounded like it was him. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. Like you did all this digging when you already have like pretty definitive proof that it is him
0: it's all circumstantial at this point though but <laughs> but now i i got a good case now so i i think i think kwame went from making some pretty cool <laughs> reggae disco music to being a professor at a private institution uh, in new york
1: and and i don't remember if you said is this his only record yeah this is his only record 1980 okay. wow yep <laughs> you come across this obscure you know fusion record essentially and you just do all this digging for, <laughs> dude. If I if guy. I
0: ever see reggae that's under five bucks, I just buy it, yeah. Because I don't come across it ever, and if I do, it's always it's always the big ones, right? It's always like the Bob Marleys, the Peter Tosh's, the Whalers. It's always going to be like sealed new, or it's going to be like a first edition, fucking forty eight dollars. Yeah. So if I see any reggae that's under five bucks, I just pick it up. I don't even care. Yeah.
1: I was, I I went to the record store this week with Tammy and, and we, uh, I told her like, it was when I was looking for the alcoholics thing and the one they had was like 40 bucks and she's like, oh my God, that's so expensive. And I said, yeah, if that kind of like my thing is if I see any hip hop for under $10, I'm going to pick it up no matter what. And she's like, that's that, how much money are you spending? That must be so expensive. (laughs) And I said, I've never found a record under $10. You never see it. It's so (laughs) rare. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's so it's it's insane that you can never find anything that cheap, I, even I, like singles, like twelve inch singles are like eight nine dollars. I, I think
0: they just don't press it that often, and then I don't but know, yeah. I don't know. Especially like hip hop too. I, I feel like a lot of DJs probably bought a
1: lot of them and then scratched them up to shit, and yeah. probably threw them away. But then DJs, but see, I don't know because then. People who are DJing, they, they buy like old classic records, like soul records or whatever, and then they sample things from those. They don't sample from other hip-hop songs, generally. Not the like hip-hop... techno
0: DJs. Those guys, I don't know, fucking know. Fucking I mean, techno. my only frame of reference here is, is Sloan, so. It's Sloan, yeah. That's not entirely fair. All right. <laughs> I got two more, and that's it. All right. All right. I, 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 I cut everything down to like 10 records now, because it's just too much. Okay. Um, Melanie. Melanie
1: oh yes, yes yes
0: yes this is uh this is a record that I got in a pile it was obviously free and the gate it's like a gatefold but it's it's four different ones so like a gatefold opens up once right mm-hmm. and then like a, a triple gatefold I guess would open up again and then a quadruple gatefold would open up again oh. so there's two squares in the middle
1: yeah that's but then,
0: but then those squares open up up and down
1: Oh, oh, wow. So there's, a, there's a total like of six squares. Does it even fit in a plastic sleeve?
0: It does. It does, just because it, this is so old and it's so worn. Mm. But this is a girl. I've heard of her before, and I just, I've never, I've, I don't know, I've never cared because there's just too many artists for me to care about. But she played at, at Woodstock. And she's very, very folky Um, Mm -hmm. Usually it's just kind of her a guitar And she's just very I don't know She's just very like down to earth She has a really good voice And she sings really well Her music is very simple She Mm -hmm. has a lot of covers She interpolates a lot of old uh, Like rhymes, right? Rhyming, nursery rhyme type things She has a lot of that stuff And she's just kind of like An unsung folk hero of Woodstock Because this was a compilation, and this was a cool compilation because on the record, not on the records, but on the sleeves, it would say, like, Melanie, disc one. And then it would give you, like, like these these songs were picked to specifically showcase, like, her songwriting ability. And then disc two, like, these songs were picked to showcase, like, her singing. And it was, oh. it was, it was a really well-tailored
1: compilation. That's interesting. I thought it was a live record, though, because I looked it up, too
0: the last disc the disc 4 was like live stuff because her third album or fourth album was live and this came mm. out after her fourth or fifth album but um but anyway i don't dude this was so good i was so it was so, pretty cool i was so blown away just by how like raw and stripped down and basic this was and even in the song that i that i picked which i mean clearly is is some rhyme i i i attribute this to to the to the liverpool chant but she does it in a totally different way and it's really cool. And then at some point like she realizes the crowd's not really getting into it and then she stops playing. She just stops fucking playing and then she yells at the crowd, like you gonna fucking you gonna clap or you gonna sing? And then they say, Oh yeah, yeah, fuck like it. With they the, a good the time psychotherapy song, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that song is fucking long. It's like almost eight minutes long.
0: Yeah. But that that that, that rhyme, that rhyming scheme is like everybody knows that. But I attribute it to like that's yeah. That's the Liverpool chant when whenever we talk about you know playing Man United.
1: No, it's not. I thought it was like glory glory hallelujah. No, it's uh the
0: famous Man United went to Rome to see the Pope. The famous Man United went to Rome to see the Pope. The mm-hmm. famous Man United went to Rome to see the Pope and this is what he said. Then you yell fuck you <laughs> and then you say who the fuck is Man United? But that's based Ooh, off fuck of another is Man song. United. That's based off that's, of Glory Glory Hallelujah. No, this that's the original. That's no. what uh that is what Liverpool originally did.
1: <laughs> but they, they took the rhyme scheme from that song.
0: No, that uh actually religion was after that song. So. <laughs>
1: religion was after that song?
0: <laughs> yeah, even though they say Pope in it.
1: I actually just no, that's, I I just looked it up and the song that we're talking about is called Battle Hymn of the Republic. And it was uh from 1861, so there you go. That's it. Yeah, 1861. Yeah, the glory, glory, hallelujah.
0: I figured that would have been like a, I don't know, like pre-Renaissance. What? Hymn or no, something. I, I. I you always hear people. When well, you like, talk about you talk about songs like Green Sleeves, like you like that shit's fucking. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. Green Sleeves is old, but I assume <laughs> that's like pre-Renaissance too.
1: Green Sleeves? No, let's see. Let's see. where in Green Sleeves. Green
0: Sleeves has got to be like 14,
1: 1300s. Let's see here. Greensleeves original. Type that in. If there's even like a date. Vince. Lost my no.
2: love, you do
0: me wrong to Who originally wrote Greensleeves?
1: Greensleeves is a traditional English folk song favorite, which we'd like to believe was composed by Henry VIII for his future love. Oh, sure. So when, when was Henry VIII king? I love believing that. <laughs> when was Hen- King Henry VIII? Like seventeen hundreds, maybe. Do you know? Do you know when he was? Uh, you're
0: on your phone. Like, what do you? I don't know. What do you <laughs> want me to do?
1: I'm on my computer, actually. There's there's a difference. Yeah, if I a f- okay, so so it was supposedly written by him, and he was he was alive from. Uh, this is like the 1500 1491 until 1547.
0: Yes, exactly. So green sleeves is very old. Is green sleeves. <laughs> green sleeves is old as fuck. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: It is, old. but
0: I just I I always just assumed. I mean, obviously, I I know that the Liverpool chant that we do is not. It's it predates us, but I thought it was for sure earlier than like eighteen fifty. No, I thought like I seventeen. Know. I don't know eighteen or like late seventeen, maybe.
1: I thought it was like like a revolutionary, the American Revolutionary War thing. That's what I thought it
0: was. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Mel- Melanie's cool. You should check her out um, if you like. You don't have to play it. I did like that song though. It's it's really cool, and it's and it's kind of cool because she uses a lot of um, a lot of like vulgarity, kind of for the time, right? Wouldn't yeah? Like, she uses sexual yeah. stuff, and and it's I don't know. It's it's just a cool song. It's rad.
1: Yeah, I liked it.
0: Okay, so last thing here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Y'all ready for this? The last thing that I ready. got is uh i picked up some queen records i've been in this weird queen kick for a couple weeks like two or three weeks actually and like they have some stuff that i've heard and i just thought like wow this is so much better than i ever thought queen was and then i started listening to like more of their hits and i said you know these aren't this ain't bad like none of these hits are bad yeah absolutely they're overplayed yes but they're not bad. And so I, I it was just like, I don't know, like the heavens parted their clouds or whatever. And I found three Queen albums, and I picked them up for like 20 bucks for all three That's of them. That's crazy. I got Queen's 2, which is their second album. I got Night at the Opera, which is like their breakthrough success, the one that mm. made them essentially. Bohemian Rhapsody's on that one. And then I got my personal favorite it was jazz. This is the one that I was jazzed about that got me like digging <sighs> through Stupid. the rest of the records. Because I heard, um, I was at Nichols, was it Nichols? Yeah, I was at Double Nichols, the record store, and they played, um, they played, they put on jazz, the, the, the record jazz, and they played the uh, uh, fucking Dead on Time, that, that, that song that I sent to you a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Like the really fast, almost like, I don't know, like speed metal-ish song that it was. It was mm-hmm. really fast. And the Spotify version, Freddie's v- vocals are really high. I I I will give you that, but the records sound they sound fantastic. But Jazz, my favorite record, dude, through and through. What a fucking. But it's a live record. Jazz, not a live record.
1: Oh, I thought it was. No. Oh, I just assumed it was because Fat Bottom Girls was on it. I just thought it for whatever reason it was live.
0: Dude, and talk (laughs) about like, talk about how cool like like Queen is. And I've always heard people kind of say like, oh yeah, Queen's like prog rock for sure, like prog rock, arena rock. And then getting into this vinyl addiction and listening to a lot of if not like the best prog rock bands ever. And mm-hmm. I just I would feel like clean's not prog rock, bro. No. Like maybe Bohemian Rhapsody you could do it, but whatever.
1: But then yeah, it like, might be prog. I I can consider that. But Prague. then
0: you start getting back into like the hits, like Fat Bottom Girls, which is on this, prog. Mm-hmm. In 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 delivery, in in essence, not like prog rock. But the yeah. way Fat Bottom Girls is set up, absolutely. Bicycle race, which is on this one also. Bicycle race. For sure, prog rock. Fucking weird. Hmm, okay. Like instead of a solo, we have an actual race that we're using bells, and then Brian May comes in with this really fucking like back and forth guitar from himself. Awesome yeah. stuff. And then Don't Stop Me Now is on this one too.
1: I didn't even I didn't look at the rest of the track listing.
0: Dude, but then you got but then you got Dead on Time, which is the one that got me into jazz. the Mm -hmm. the album jazz dead on time was that weird dude like the only way i can i can can kind of compare it to is just like early kind of like speed metal and this is 1977 ish and it's it's just really fast really uh, it sounds like they're falling apart really sloppy like they've never done it before but they find themselves and it comes through really really well
2: Mm -hmm. and so
0: I, i i this album is a fucking banger but the first song mustafa that's the one that I picked for my song of the week. When when I put this one on, I've never heard this song before. I was I didn't even know what to think when I first heard this song. So <laughs> you should play it. Then I wanna know what you think about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I'll I'll let you know for sure. All right, so here's uh here's a little bit of uh Mustafa from The Queens.
3: papai e you.
1: All right, there you go. There's Queen, and their song Mustafa mm. from jazz. Mm. So, mm. so you love this song, right?
0: Oh, this song is amazing.
1: <laughs> it's a good song.
0: This it's is, good. This is so rad.
1: So you know how like I, I've been telling you recently, like I, I've kind of I kind of don't know if I like Queen anymore. Uh, Remember I was, I was yes. talking to you about that a while ago. Yeah. And I mean, I, they are really good, and I, I do like them generally generally speaking, I do like them, but with this song, I noticed like it dawned on me this week that they are they're like Broadway they're like a Broadway band they're like he's like a Broadway singer with a Broadway band that like it's just it's too show tuny, it's too musical it's too I don't know it's not really a band it's more like a like you're watching a movie and it's a, the music it's the musical that you're watching or listening okay. to. Okay, like it's okay. not to me it doesn't sound like a real band you know it sounds like they were given this music to play written by somebody else and this is what you get like you you get like these these great singers and great you know players but it's a musical then that's how i view freddie mercury mercury he's a he's a fantastic amazing singer of course but he has that style that reminds me of like theater and it's just it's too dramatic sometimes like it, it takes away and then not only that this song and a lot of queen's music his vocals are way too loud i I think that's
0: just like spotify because the records that i have is not like that at all at all
1: yeah because like i don't know what it is like especially on listening to this one and i didn't listen to the other songs on this record yet but yeah i just i just i just it was too much it was he was way too loud way too fucking loud in the mix he drowned out everything it it makes no sense though. I mean, it. from like no a, dynamic,
0: from like a marketing standpoint, it, it wouldn't make sense that they would remaster these to make his vocals higher to better market this music. It is fucked, but it makes sense from like a monetary standpoint. I get it, yeah. and he's not yeah. here to to say no, fuck that.
1: But and the band just want to make money at this point, so. But I will, dude. It. I
0: will say, I mean, dude, like Freddie Mercury is, is hands down the greatest rock vocalist of all time. That's
2: eh, done, maybe, deal. Yeah.
0: done deal. Done no, deal. Not even close. Like there's nobody else that has his range, he's has his dynamics. He is a rock he, singer because no, he, they do rock, a rock music. Band.
1: He sings in a rock band, but he's not a rock singer.
0: Absolutely, he's a rock singer. He's just so good no. that he's too, we,
1: he's too theater. He's, he's, see he's that's theater that's the singer. problem. That's the problem. He's a Broadway he of, singer. Okay, that's what it is. No,
0: the problem is no one else can do what he does, even today. And so, because he is so damn good at what he does, we cast him out of the rock realm and say, "No, that's not what rock music is. That's like, that's like theater." Because I totally agree. Up until like this past couple of weeks, I've always thought that the Queen is a band that, for one, focuses on Freddie Mercury's vocals, and for yeah. two, you could replace all the other guys with anybody else as long as you got Freddie, you're good to go. And. I've come to realize like no It's because no one understood Freddie No one understood No one could even comprehend like how good he was He was like light years Above rock music at the time Even in the 80s like the live aid stuff Like he was light years Ahead from any rock singer That we have ever seen To this day He is so good that it's We can't put him in the same category Of rock musicians Because he blew everybody out of the water so we have to we have to like almost demote him or transition him into something else because he's in a league of his own. And I'm telling you, man, like I don't, like when Queen are good, they're fucking great. They are untouchable. Yeah. But because I now have three Queen albums, but I've also listened to, to four or five of them. When they're okay, they're just okay. I think Freddie Mercury is just, and I'm going to get more into them this week. And the mm. album, the other album that I've been looking out for, and I've seen it at Nichols, but it's always like twenty two bucks. It's called Sheer Heart Attack, and it's like their third or fourth. But there's some tracks. Oh, tra- I know that record. There's some there's some tracks on there that are essentially like the first thrash metal music ever made.
1: So, isn't that kind of what um, Stone Cold Crazy was? It was kind of like the first kind of like not first, but it was like a metal song almost.
0: Yeah, dude. Like Brian May is so fucking good. When I first started like playing guitar he was kind of the guy that I leaned into a lot because mm-hmm. I like his tone. I like his ability to go from, if you're switching like your guitar tones, you go down and now your guitar tone is kind of in the background of the music, mm-hmm. but he still rips it. Dude, he's still like chugging along? He's still soloing, but it's under everybody else. And the more I kind of like read into this band, the more I realize that these guys like do it all. They, Like, like John Taylor or or, uh, uh, John Deacon, the bass player, Roger Taylor, the drummer, these guys have their Mm -hmm. own songs that they sing. Some songs that that you'd be surprised, like, holy shit, that's not Freddie Mercury singing, that's Brian May, that's, that's like I said, John Deacon. These guys play multiple instruments, they, they get, they get really into it and they layer and everything that you hear is always just them. It's always just them layering everything.
1: Yeah, I knew that. And you know, all the stories about Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, you all the vocal tracks that were actually on that song is insanity. It's on, especially when it comes to the fact that it's it was on tape. You know, it's it's insane.
0: I mean that that track alone warrants a deeper dive into their entire discography because yeah, true. I mean, dude, arguably Bohemian Rhapsody is like a top five objectively greatest songs of all time, right? Like people, everybody fucking likes that song. Come on, yeah, and like Queen has Man. such a. See, Queen is so bizarre man Because they've like transcended Just being a popular band But they're like ingrained in culture now Sports culture right Rock culture Everything you hear Queen and it's, it's standard Like we will rock you It's That's standard That's not even a yeah, fucking no, I, song anymore
1: I know it. it's to the point where like I hate hearing it It just And That and we are the champions Like I just
0: Immediately but, change but, the song I thought about this week too because I don't like the songs either. But if you were somewhere and they played "We Will Rock You" and then didn't play "We Are the Champions," would you be upset?
1: I mean, it'd be weird for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, dude. But I, I wouldn't
1: be upset. I thought I for was, sure,
0: like if I was at I a bar it. and I was like, you know what, dude? If you if you played "We Are the Champions," just fuck it. Or if you played "We Will Rock You," just play fucking "We Are the Champions." Like finish it out, dude. Don't leave me like this.
1: Yeah, that
0: give the, me the, the closure
1: between those two songs.
0: But it's like. But then if you listen to two songs back to back, they're not even like they're two completely different songs and there is yeah, no yeah. transition. Like there is no, it just one stops and the other one ends. But because like Queen are, are bigger than life at, at, in some aspects, it's, we have to hear them back to back. Like fucking Jane and the Brain Stew. Like, if, if you didn't hear one after the other, you'd feel weird.
1: It's weird. Yeah.
0: Like I don't I like it. I feel uncomfortable. But damn man, <laughs> Queen is good. Queen is great. Queen is better than great.
1: I for a long time I, I've wanted to to get through all of their discography, but I just I just I don't know why I haven't yet. I really don't know why. But I I, I will,
0: I, will I, I I will side with you in that Freddie Mercury's vocals are way too high because their man Brian May's so good. He is such a phenomenal no, I guitarist. Agree. He is I totally so cool, agree. and it just he gets drowned out a lot, and it's not fair.
1: No, not at all.
0: Not to say that Freddie Mercury is like a bad singer because, again, I firmly believe he is the greatest rock singer of all time and he's probably like top three just greatest singers of all time. (laughs) Absolutely amazing.
1: Okay. There's no Jonathan Davis, but... Well, there that fucking discussion goes down the drain. I'm kidding. Come on, dude. (laughs) You know it's a joke. I would never... Like, objectively, that would never be the case. You think it's a joke? Don't say it. Don't. (laughs) You pretend that you're my bro, got what? Well, I don't know what song that was. That's it. That's bro from Stomping Grounds, Goldfinger, oh,
2: changed
1: okay, a little bit. Okay, okay. Woo! So that's um, all I got. That's all you got. That's all you got. Okay. I I only have a few here. Um, you know I, I like to listen to a lot of records that I already have, and I don't have. I I didn't listen to a lot of stuff this week too. So, um, so the first thing I have here, kind of starting Praggy and uh i got mike old mike oldfield uh, another one this is the last one that i have that i haven't listened to uh it's called exposed this is his first and only live record that he released um that's not like a a video and uh, it came out july 1979 uh, it was a uh, it was taken from several european shows of that of that tour uh it features tubular bells in its entirety as well as his fifth album uh incantations played in the entirety it's what three records i think yeah it's three lps and uh it's it's long it's a lot it's a lot of stuff um but it's great it's fantastic and of course tubular bells is great incantations is more like atmospheric and it's just kind of like drones but okay overall it's pretty solid not not his best work but it was a cool live record, and not expecting it to be a live record was was a nice surprise. So, wait, so you didn't know it one. was a
0: live record until you started listening to it, or yeah. you bought it? <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Oh, until I started listening to it, because like my my thing with, my thing pretty much now is if I see any my Goldfield for five dollars or under, I'm going to buy it. Kind of yeah. like you know you know with ELP or Yes or whoever. There, there's a few bands like if it's under five bucks, I'm going to get it. Yes so that's how he is so so that's how i got this one i got this one from what you, white rabbit i think like months ago a few months ago i got this one so it's good um i mean just go listen to tubular bells honestly you'll get your fix with that yeah. um the next one i got was from you you put this in my pile finally got around to listening to it it's Jimi hendrix uh hendrix in the west this is a, a live record as well uh, from 1972 so uh, after he had died he had died and so, some of the songs come from um, the san diego sports arena as well as berkeley and the royal albert hall i think that's in england right yeah i don't know didn't the beatles yeah, sing no, about I, that
0: in sergeant peppers i think
1: so, yeah, I think
0: so. Oh, on the day in the life
1: fuck yeah guy. i think so. I, fuck, the beatles suck right yeah um <laughs> now just kidding they're great but uh, yeah, so this was cool. I mean, he played Johnny B. Good, which was a surprise. But he also played Sergeant Pepper's, which was also a surprise. Um, had no idea he would ever play either of those songs. But it was really cool. Not too jammy, which which kind of sucked. I wanted more of a jam. But uh, everything was pretty straightforward. But it was a solid. It was a really good listen. I really enjoyed it. And Jimi Hendrix never disappoints. His band is amazing, truly amazing. And goddamn, dude, this guy like. Such, what a great guitar player! I know you. You kind of shit on his guitar playing, but
0: I don't shit on his guitar playing. I just don't think you he's do top shit three. on I him. don't. I think he's great. <laughs> All you have
1: ever done with Jimi Hendrix is shit on his guitar playing.
0: No, much like Clapton, I don't think Clapton's like top three either. Like good, no, no. I don't, I, mean, I don't think I don't think Hendrix is Hendrix. Easy. No,
1: Hendrix is light years ahead of Clapton. I wouldn't say light it's, years. No, he's 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 significantly better than Clapton. I think he's innovative.
0: But technically, no, not not even close to being Clapton.
1: Well, technical ability is is something entirely different. Well, I'm well, it's it's, like it's part you, of the package. Like you, you like you like Jimi Hendrix songs more than you like Cream songs.
0: Right? Oh yeah, I, I would listen to Jimi Hendrix any day of the week over exactly, pretty much anything Clapton does.
1: Like technically speaking, he, Clapton's a little bit better, but Hendrix, you know, has that style. He has in his plane, the style in his plane and the groove that Clapton doesn't really have. Clapton is kind of very like, he's not as groove based.
0: You know what mm-hmm. it is? It's Clapton's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about Clapton. <laughs> Clapton is stiff That's old true. man. Like he's, he's there's nothing sexy about Clapton. a stiff old man when he was Clapton. 25. Yes. Yeah, he was though. <laughs> I, I'm sure he probably did a fuck ton of drugs and, and probably was really fun to hang out with but he just seems very pompous and arrogant and just not not fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like true. Hendrix. I think Hendrix is great. Well, that's
1: you've never said that before. But
0: well, I, I've no. If, if anybody listens to this podcast, they would know that I don't think that Hendrix is even top five greatest guitarists of all time. But he's great.
1: Who's, he's definitely top who's, ten. Who's top one? Rivers Cuomo or something or what? Uh,
0: top one would be Bradley Knoll. That's uh, objective <laughs> fact. So <laughs> <laughs> said
1: no one ever. Um, do you think
0: you put? I mean, not, not do what? you think, but like I, I, I feel like after after Hendrix died. Dude, so many live albums came out, and yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of gross of how many well, not li-
2: just
1: not just live albums, but comps, yeah, because comps in general. just so much shit. I
0: mean, if it's like if if he completed recording things and they're just songs that are sitting there that were waiting to be released, then maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't know to just to go back. Because some, some stuff was released after he was dead. That was, I mean, obviously recorded before he was alive, but before he was alive. Yeah, yeah. before he was alive. Before, before he, was he was born. Been, yeah, before he was born. Yeah. But I don't know. To go back and, and then re-release a bunch of stuff after he died is so gross. It's so yeah. It's so sickening. It's it's so shitty.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's greedy. It's very greedy. Yeah, very that's place. what it is. Greedy, but you put this you put this in my pile because you listened to it or you liked it
2: right
0: uh well it came from a place and i i bought a bunch of records from this lady and she was like yeah you know these aren't mint conditions. so i was just going to throw them away i was like whoa oh whoa oh <laughs> oh lady oh <laughs> where are they and then she gave them to me and it was like fucking like 15 records and there was like 7 Jimi hendrix in there no not 7 there was probably like 5 so I gave you two, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah I have I have another one too. But I, I gave, to
0: it. I gave you two or three, and then one of them we have the same one, and then I just divided the other two because I knew nothing about it. So I just divided. Mm-hmm. I said you take one, I take one. You take one, I take one. And so I kept one called the Isle of White, or the Isle of yeah, oh, Isle that's of White. Right. And this is like that album that I listened. to, That's what really changed my mind into thinking like, dude, Jimi Hendrix, like in his backing band, like whoa, wow.
1: Wow! whoa, whoa. But yeah so
0: you know whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah i mean other than that you know it's it's good it's a good record good live record not the greatest um this next one i got here i got it for free uh because i order from glasshouse record store um maybe like once a week maybe twice a week and they just send me free records because they use it, the free records as like packing material so um I got this one. Uh, this is my first classical record. I've got it's from somebody named uh, R- Ruggiero Ricci, and uh, the, it's the, his album pa- Paganini Violin <laughs> Concertos. So I was reading more about it. This guy Nicola Nicolo Paganini <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. Yes, <laughs> he he was like this crazy good violinist back in the early eighteen hundreds. And uh, and he played all over Italy, and he just he was just supposedly just this amazing uh, player and and composer, and he wrote this like twenty four opus, I think that's how you would say it, twenty four opus, right? And apparently, it's very difficult to play, and uh, not a lot of people have been able to to play it or do it properly or play it properly, I guess. But this guy that this album that I have, this Rugiero Ricci, he uh, he was the first one to do it properly, I guess and uh he most of his career was in the 1900s so from like 1920 until i think 1995 um so his career spanned a long fucking time he played over 6000 concerts over his career in 65 Damn. countries yeah it says it says that he he played for over 70 years like shows like concerts uh he it says that he's made over 500 recordings on every major label um the album that that i got though is with the london symphony orchestra uh, from what i would kind of gather cuz there's not a lot of information on this guy uh this this was a uh, this was recorded in 1955 um, but he's also considered this guy uh also was i like, considered like this viol- violin virtuoso or prodigy I get, a child prodigy i think he started when he was like 6 years old this guy i got um but yeah so it's apparently he became like a i think a teacher as well i forgot what university he became a teacher at some university later in his life um, before he passed away but yeah it's uh it was cool man it was um a lot of violin <laughs> like i <laughs> i i was expecting more of an orchestra because it said london symphony orchestra but no it was a lot of interesting like um playing you wouldn't normally hear from a violin uh, he was like kind of it's almost sounded like he was shredding on the violin but it wasn't like a um like what you would hear in country music, like a, like a, like a fiddler playing, you know? Yeah. It was very like classy and very intricate. It just sounded intricate and I know nothing about the violin, but it was, it was really interesting. And then I got the record and it's like original. It's not the records like in perfect condition, the sleeve, the jacket's a little beat up, but like the the inner sleeves is like the original inner sleeve and like it's folded all weird and special (laughs) <laughs> and then it came with like a like an advertisement, which I sent you the pictures of. Yeah, but it came with it like a furniture advertisement from the 1950s, or no, so it came cool. from 1962. Ugly 1962. ass furniture. Yeah, fucking hideous furniture. Ever, some for some company, furniture company. I don't even think it's still around. But it it was just kind of like this this weird kind of not nostalgia I felt, but this it kind of listening to this record and reading through this old ass advertisement and reading about the guy who created the the piece. Along with the guy who played it, it was it was a fun little like forty five minutes that I was listening to
2: it. Oh,
0: that's so. fair. I mean, you, I don't know if that's even like a if that's proper, but you can have nostalgia for things you've never experienced, right? Because you're holding yeah, some, you're holding a piece of Americana, you're holding a yeah. piece of history. So you can you can feel nostalgia, as stupid
1: as it is, as stupid as it is, you know, a furniture advertisement.
0: But that's that's why we do this, right? I mean, that's that's one of not, that's not why, but that's one of the reasons why we collect vinyl is to just hold something that's 50 years old and just and just sit back and think like dude here are the times here is when this came out who do you think has listened to this record before
1: it's cool and it kind of made me think like i was thinking like the person who who owned this originally they're probably long gone
0: oh yeah for sure
1: and it's just like they who knows how many times they listened to this record you know and how much they enjoyed it and like like i was thinking like what did their house look like you know, when they were listening to these records, what did their stereo look like? What would they do when they listened to these records? How would it make them feel? It was uh <laughs> it was it was weird. I don't know. It was but it was nice, it was fun. I don't it reminded me of my grandma a lot. I don't know why. I, whenever I listen to old like music and like and see shit like that, old advertisements, it reminds me of my grandma because she was very hip back in the fifties and sixties. So just I don't know, it's weird. Super weird. That's like a but,
0: a cool life goal is to one day have like grandkids or great grandkids come up to you and be like oh hey you ever listen to this and then you're like yeah yep i was fucking there <laughs> bro <laughs> <laughs> like when Ray's mom comes over and and like when i first started this vinyl thing that's when i realized how cool she was and like, yeah i just started <laughs> collecting vinyl and i have a bunch of zeppelin so oh, yeah i've seen it a couple of times it's Like what
1: god damn it
0: you seen Zeppelin? So yeah, bad. I saw them two times. I saw him once here and then once there. And they opened up for, and then she'll say, like, some bigger band. Like, what the fuck? Uh, like, when did the, uh, what? That makes
1: me so mad.
0: <laughs> when did you become cool? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm sorry. I That's my fault for never inquiring, I guess. Oh, but no, it's cool. It's it's That's fun. That's fun. How was the record?
1: Was it good? Did you like it? Yeah, it was really cool. I I really dug it. I mean, I just classical music is just so... Out of the ordinary for me. I, I know nothing about it. So when I read about these people's lives from 300 years ago, it's like, you, you it's hard to have a connection with them because it's so distant. Like their their lives are so distant from us and they're so wildly different. So it's, it's, it's almost hard to feel that connection. I in the feel music, you know? <laughs> I feel like it's weird.
0: I feel like the way we're overwhelmed and intimidated by jazz is mm-hmm. probably the same as like the most. As like R- Rollins or or Getz or Miles Davis are intimidated by classical music, like that's how complicated classical yeah. music can be. Because these guys, dude, like these guys, these composers didn't write just a part for them. They wrote orchestral parts.
2: Everything they literally wrote so, everything. <laughs> like
0: they didn't they didn't just write the guitar part or write a couple of lyrics or contributed yeah. to the bass line or you know what I mean. They wrote fucking parts for forty people.
1: Yeah and not only that it's like like some some artists jazz artists they'll they'll write for like a, a quartet or quintet you know they'll write the they'll they'll write the parts for the people sometimes but yeah like you said with a classical artist you have you're going with like 20 different instruments <laughs> with a 45 minute 50 minute song you know or opus i i don't even I see i don't even know the, the right terms to use I'm
0: and saying. then and then each each instrument too like like every trombone's not in the same key right so you have like yeah i don't fucking know b flat trombones mixing with <laughs> c sharp trombones so you're writing not only just like per instrument but then like per fucking i don't know what, what do you call it octave i guess octave per per instrument yeah. it's
1: and you have to make it all work somehow and then I don't know, it's
0: and then still tell a
1: story, right? You just like yeah, you right. still
0: gotta tell a story. You still gotta, <laughs> you still to impress
1: people. You gotta tell a story without words. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. And then
0: some of these douchebags are writing them when they're like seventeen,
1: or younger. Like fucking Mozart. what was he? Like six when and he wrote his first. Fuck these kids, dude. His first fucking piece. Yeah, fuck that. Asshole. Fuck the kids. Fuck the kids. I couldn't kick um, them until
0: I was like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking dick. Can you even kickflip now?
0: Um, If you give me 10 tries, I could probably kickflip.
1: So moving away from the classical, uh, we're getting into the Mars Volta uh, Port of Sound record store here in Costa Mesa. Uh, They posted a few nights ago that they had several uh, seven inches for the song A Plague Upon Your Hissing. Uh, This was a, a song that was omitted from the Mars Volta's first record. And, uh, it never got, saw an official release in any sense, uh, from everything that I've read and I know about this song, apparently Cedric, Cedric did come out and say that some fan had somehow gotten a hold of this song from like one of their hard, like it hacked their email or something and got this song and then spread it all over the internet back in like 2004 or something like that. So that's kind of how the song came to be. Um, so there's no technical official release of this, uh, of the seven inch, but there's just a bunch of seven inches floating around in the world. And, uh, and this guy had, the guy at Portis Sound had like six of them, uh, all various variants. Um, so I picked up one for myself and one for you. Wait, he only had six? You, what?
0: He only had six of these records?
1: Yeah. And you showed up that late? I showed up the next day, yeah. That, I showed up like right when they opened, like a half hour after they opened, yeah.
0: Oh. I thought yeah, I made mean, a time difference. I I thought that for sure you'd been like, you would have been there right when they
1: opened. Well, because I I didn't want to drive all the way to. I didn't want to drive like thirty five minutes, and I, when they open and then they don't have it. So I just I right when they opened, I called them and I asked if they had them. and they're like, yeah, we have like six of them. So I'm like, okay, I'll be there in like twenty five thirty minutes. He's like, okay, cool, Oof. man. So then yeah, so it, like I said, it's just one song, one side, um, and I mean, if you've never heard this song before, it. it you you'll recognize some parts from future songs, like some of the lyrics and some of the melo- vocal melodies are in day of the Baphomets, Um, and there's like other tiny little parts, but it's a fucking sick song. It's like, it's a full complete song. Um, but it's a sick song. So hmm, I'm excited. you'll be getting yours next time I see you. Um, so there you go. I got that one. Uh, the next one, while I was at port of sound, I didn't want to just get one record. <laughs> so I got three. And this is the the second one I got. The third one I'm not going to talk about yet because I haven't listened to it. But um, but yeah, this one Pinkerton Weezer. Oh yeah. I don't know. I just I wanted it, it. I really wanted to listen to it. You gotta have it, so, even
0: if it's a bad copy. You gotta have Pinkerton.
1: I know that that's that was kind of my my thought on it, and it was cheap, so you, I I picked. You it can up always and,
0: upgrade. Dude. You you gotta have Pinkerton.
1: Exactly. So I got it. I listened to it when I got it was after the Mars Volta. This is what I listened to after and. I mean, the songs are amazing, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's a little, it, it's not as flat as my blue copy as well as your blue copy. But it's not like, a, it doesn't have that same punch like you yeah. and I were talking before. It doesn't have that punch like a lot of our records have. Our are better sounding records. But it's still, you know, it's Pinkerton. You know, what else needs to be said? It's, dude, it's,
0: um, it's so crazy that there's no like standard. I just, yeah. oh, it's so irritating. <laughs> so irritating.
1: So, uh, the next two, I got two left. Um, this next, the next two actually I got from port of sound just a day before I went like literally the, the night that they posted about the Mars Volta stuff, I had been at the store that day earlier (laughs) in the day. So I literally went to the store two days in a row, kind of a pain, but whatever. Um, so the first day I, I, this, I got bleeding through, I got their second record portrait of the goddess. Um, it was came out in April, 2002 bleeding through, you know, just kind of the Orange County Hardcore band, kind of a classic Orange County Hardcore band. And uh, now I've completed my, technically I've completed my Bleeding Through discography. I have all the stuff that they've pressed. How many albums is that? The f- six? Five, five, I think. Five records that's I hot. have of theirs. And then three of their records have never been pressed. So their first record, Dust to Ashes, which is not even on the streaming sites, uh, that's never been Damn. pressed. Um, and then their most popular record, their two most popular records, "This Is Love," "This Is Murderous," and "The Truth" have never been pressed. So, but outside of that, I have all the Bleeding Through records, and every single one of them are a color variant, which is really cool too. That's uh, that's
0: that's, Shapati is that him? Yeah, Brandon Shapati. I, I wonder if that I don't know that whole Tin Lumbi's thing. If that oh
1: that we were talking about earlier.
0: If something gets popular with that, I wonder if like I don't know I feel be more likely to repress the stuff you don't have
1: i honestly i don't think so because like if if you look at who played on their first record dust to ashes the only band members that are still in the band are brandon and i think one of the guitar players um so it's like it's not a record that they're very fond of and it's it's a pretty raw record even for back then it was pretty raw um but then this is love this is murderous and the truth those were released under trust kill, if I'm not mistaken. And Tr- trust kills known for being very shady. And they also owe the band like a lot of fuck, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, so they, they just, they really shisted the band. So my, I, what I think is that they own all of the, the, the master rights for this, for those albums, as well as the vinyl rights. And so that's why those albums have never been pressed. And that's why the band have never repressed those albums because it would be insane that they haven't. Because they are the two most popular records.
0: That sucks. So, oh, yeah, so that that's
1: so that's annoying. that's why I think those two those two records have never been pressed. It's because Treskill is fucking shady. Or they were shady. Hmm. So yeah. So I got like I said, Portrait of the Goddess. Cool, cool hard work, hardcore record. Um the last one I have here, I also like I said, got from Port of Sound that day. And um I just I, I don't have any albums from this band and it's Every Time I Die. I got their record from Parts Unknown. This is my second favorite Every Time I Die record. Um, and it was like, I think it was like $18. So I thought, why the fuck not? It's an amazing record and I don't have anything from them. Uh, it's their seven, seventh record. It came out July 2004. Uh, it was produced by Kurt Ballou. Kurt Ballou, I guess. This is how you would pronounce it. But he's the guitarist for Converged. Hmm. Or for Converge, And... Um, yeah, so he, he um, produced it, and it's probably their most aggressive record that they have they've ever made. And apparently, Keith Buckley, the, the singer, he got laryngitis
2: Dude, while they were recording the record. All he fucking
1: does is scream. <laughs> he got laryngitis, so he had to record almost all of the songs uh, in one day because he had no time to record. It doesn't them, matter because
0: so. I, so I I listened to your song of the week, and then I was like, wow, this is really good. Sick. And right? then I listened to the whole album and I was like, dude, this he never shuts the fuck up. He screams yeah. the entire time. This is more screaming than they've ever done.
1: Yeah, I know that if you listen to any of their other records, he he doesn't like not melodic singing, but he doesn't scream at certain points and but this one is just like non fucking stop. So it's sick. It was So, so here's good. the um <laughs> here's this oh I don't even have it queued up. Oh my uh, god. But I did want to say, too, I was going to say it after, but I'll say it now. But apparently when they went to go record this album, all the band members were very, very nervous and very intimidated because of who they were recording with. I guess they're all huge fans of, of the band. So they they like really stepped it up for this one and wanted to make the most intense record they could. And they kind of succeeded at it. So here's uh, here's the song Idiot from Every Time I Die. there you go every time i die on their song idiot <laughs> Ooh, what a fucking banger rager yeah it's heavy oh, i love the artwork too the artwork dalmar it's really cool too
0: but it was just it's very 70s it was so aggressive and so <laughs> so pissed <laughs> he, he screams the entire fucking record
1: i know it's it's so insane. And it kind of makes me think like if he hadn't been forced to sing everything in one day or most everything in one day, if it would have been as intense. Cuz they would have had to fuss over things or they probably would have fussed over like vocal takes and all that. Yeah. Oh man. It's so it's so good. And that's the that's the closer on the record too. So what a way to to end it. It's good. Oof. Good stuff. Good good stuffs. Yeah, great record. Every time I die from parts unknown, get into it. All right, well, we're done with the uh, Songs of the Week, new vinyls and all that good stuff. So let's get into some new albums and other happenings in the music world. Uh, The first thing here, Hayley Williams, um, she came out with a surprise release for her new record, Flowers for Vases, Descansos, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, So yeah, she put out her new record and did you listen to it or no? I did. And what'd you think?
0: I thought it was okay. Just okay, huh? I I thought that she... um... It's in the same vein of things that I would like. It's very stripped down. It's, it's very just vocalist and acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with this is just like the the melodies weren't quite there. Hmm. And I, I think she's a great singer, and she has some uh, she has some low parts where she she speaks really low, she sings mm-hmm. really low, and, and I think it's it's I think it sounds great. But I don't know. There just wasn't a lot of melodies there.
2: Okay, it's okay. I mean-
1: I don't know why you don't like her, but okay. each
0: each one of these songs sounded like they could have been just like one song squished in between a Paramore album. <laughs> no, it's mean.
1: It's better than Paramore, honestly. <sighs> it's uh, so not. Th- this record is very different from her first one. Her first one is very pop based, um, electronic, but this one is, like you said, completely stripped down. She played all the instruments on this album, well, obviously saying but. I know, but she still did everything like this. Very much her, and that's it. Um, More folky, acoustic, and I thought it was. I think it's really good. If it, if it's released on vinyl at some point, I'm gonna buy it to complete my Haley Williams collection because I do have her first record. Um, So yeah, there you go. That came out. I don't know why Jeff hates it, but that's okay. Uh, Foo Fighters put out their long-awaited new record called Medicine at Midnight. Did you listen to this one? Yeah, I did <laughs> What do you think? It's just okay, right?
0: You know, I, I spent the whole Not the whole week But like four or five days I was like, yeah, you know There's a lot of things here And I was like nitpicking it And I was like going through it And so, you know There's a lot of things here That that are are clearly The sound that music is going now Like that direction mm-hmm. Even if it's hip-hop Like all music is kind of going In a certain direction And mm-hmm. so is this album But it's not bad
1: it's not bad, right?
0: It's not bad at all. And if I saw this album, like, I was even tempted today while I was at Target. I was like, you know, if I could find, like, two other ones because of the buy two, get one free, I'd <laughs> oh probably God. pick this
1: up. You're unbelievable. It
0: was, dude, it was not. I dude, I tried. I tried so hard to convince myself that this is not good. But it's just, it's okay, the Foo Fighters are very vanilla rock music anyway. But this is, this is very accessible rock music for this generation, especially considering that this generation's
1: rock music is almost non-existent. Yeah. It's like Imagine Dragons, and that's not... Who have
0: been, been around for a while, <laughs> yeah. right? Panic at the <laughs> Disco, who have been around for a while. For
1: 15, 15, 17 years, yeah. It's
0: like, dude, like, rock music is, is
1: dying, yeah popular rock music is dying
0: and if if foo fighters are going to be the ones to bring it back or hold the line then uh, you know i'll throw 20 bucks at them that's fine
1: this was a 22 dollars at uh, port of sound i almost i almost thought of getting it but it's it's not bad bad. it's not no it's not bad at all it's i i think it's good it's not great but it's good
0: i think it's good too so I hate, surprisingly, I hate saying it, but I think, I think it's good too.
1: Their last record was pretty shit though. So I, I, I kind of went into this thinking like, okay, it's, I wasn't really stoked on it, but no, it's pretty good. There's some good stuff on there. Some pretty good stuff on there. So there you go. Foo Fighters, their new album, Medicine at Midnight. Uh, some new songs, No Effects put out another new song from their upcoming record. Um, this one is called Fuck Euphemism. And uh, it it was good. It's typical new no effects. You know, I thought it was good. I'm not gonna play it, but you probably hated it. You I, mean, just, everything I just I just don't no fuck effects.
0: it. I just don't care. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Fat Mike, dude. Fat Mike thinks it's okay not to care about anything. I don't care about no effects <laughs> anymore. Don't
1: care. <laughs> DGF. You don't like any no effects. You after You were Wolves good and 20 COVID. years
0: ago. Too much coke. A little too much blow.
1: Why are you singing the melody to um, that Blink song? That was Gutter Mouth. That was, uh, no, it was Blink. It was um, You Don't Know a Thing About, about It. That uh, uh, j- was in da California. Da. What song was that? Yeah. What?
0: That's, you that's had, your favorite it? record. How do you not know?
1: It's uh, not Kings of the Weekend. It's uh, not Teenage Satellites. Oh, my God. What song is that? No Future. Yeah, no future, that's what it is. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> that's what you were just singing. That was remember that's from uh, I mean, I'll, I'll
0: bring up Mark Atkins later actually in our pot of the week, but or oh, album no. of the week, but uh yeah, that was that was a that was a gutter mouth song. Remember when he talks about let's get Ozzy off the stage, let's oh, that get song. Stanley yeah, yeah. off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no effects, I feel the same way. It's just like dude, sit down, man. Like we get it. You're a cool guy. Sit down. You're
1: such a fucking hater, man. Mike I don't get it. Mike, sit down. Uh, okay, so the the next song we have here, the final song we have, uh, is from the band Cloud Nothings. It's their new song, Nothing Without You. And um, this was brought to our attention from friend of the pod, Chris, or Skip, as he likes to be called. Um, yeah, this band was brought to our attention, but this song, you came across and he also, I think, he, did he wait, Did he mention it to us?
0: I posted it in the, in the Discord. You oh, you know posted it. Discord, okay. but, yeah,
1: we're on yeah. Discord. Get into it.
0: I, but, but yeah, he he recommended this band to us, and he was like, "If you like this, you should check this guy these guys out because they're also really good, and mm-hmm. they are they're really cool. I think they're a really good yeah. cool
1: band." I, I was I didn't think it was going to sound like this. I thought it was going to be more of like acoustic based, but it's cool. So here's um, the song "Nothing Without You" from Cloud Nothings. There's the new song from Cloud Nothings called "Nothing Without You." I guess their new albums come out in February on February 26th. So uh, yeah, get into that. It's good indie rock music, and all the weird noises you heard was because we're watching the video on YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, all the weird sound effects, the the abrupt pause in the music was because of the video. So there you go. Cool. So So uh, yeah, Cloud Nothings, good stuffs. Get into it. Good them. stuffs. And uh, that's that's it for new music and other happenings in the world. Or new music, I should say. Um, some other things that have been happening in the world. Grand Funk, they came out. Uh, your boy's in Grand Funk, I should say. Oh, just they came Mark, out and...
0: Or, yeah, Mark Farner.
1: He's the only one that matters. But True. anyway, yeah, he, um, he came out and criticized the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saying how shitty they are, and it's not represented by the people, but by the owners of the institution. And he's absolutely right. So, because, yeah, fuck them. it's it's
0: it's just i don't know man like there was it was a 30 minute uh interview he did with this guy named uh, sofa king cool okay like i don't know if he's the first one to use that but
1: probably not
0: i feel like it's that's been done bro you know what i mean Yeah.
1: done when we were like eight years
0: old (laughs) yeah seriously so yeah, he uh, Mark Farnett came out and was just he was just he gave a three. I watched the whole interview. He gave a thirty minute interview just on kind of like his life, what he feels about the times in general, music, everything. And it's he's really cool. He's a really down to earth guy, and he just I don't know. He's mm-hmm. he's he reminds me of John Fogerty, to be honest. Like the way he talks, he kind of looks like him, kind of like what he represents. There, him and his like his wife or. Somebody he's doing something with now are releasing like a a CD and the CD is is unreleased material that he's done and $3 from every CD that they sell, he's going to donate to Mm -hmm. like a veterans, something, something about getting veterans, the money they're supposed to be getting from our government, but they're probably Mm -hmm. not getting it. Yeah. But, but regardless, like $3 from every $12 $12 CD they sell that is, is being donated So that's cool But he, he was just shit talking Like how The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Is so It's garbage And like How, how often do we talk about it?
1: No, oh, it's all the time All the we time We talked about it when, when we did the Deep Purple episode A few weeks ago
0: Yeah and Deep Purple They were eligible since 1993 But didn't get in until 2016
1: i know it's insanity i mean
0: like here we are with grand Funk. they released a 10 or 11 albums between 69 and 75 all every single one went gold or platinum
1: it's very true and they were they were selling out madison square garden like they were wildly popular
0: they sold out shea stadium in new york before the beatles did yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like but they're not in the rock and roll all the fucking fame. Because
1: they don't have the pizzazz that Zeppelin and all those other bands had. Like we Because they don't talked about
0: have, as, as Farner says, they don't have the political connections.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes. That everybody else to. does. That's very, very true.
0: So I, I think it's just, I, I just thought this was cool because, I mean, dude, Grand Funk's been around for for so long. The fact that they're still relevant, the fact that they're still kind of pushing the envelope still still making waves and what he's probably like fucking 70 80 years 80 years old yeah he must be almost
1: 70 yeah <laughs> that's rad
0: <laughs> i love this i think this i love this band so much this band is yeah, so cool yeah i mean they're, cool.
1: they they're great i haven't listened to them in a long time Listen to them yesterday they're fantastic. <laughs> of course you did i mean well cuz you just got their one of their records so yeah. that's why
0: <laughs> i'll probably never listen to that greatest hits again but well,
1: there's um, no reason to yeah
0: damn i, I just I love this band I love this band Arguably more than I love Like Like Zeppelin, Zeppelin. Or, No Or anybody else Like I respect I, I respect And I know Zeppelin's better And I get it But I can listen to Grand Funk Just all day dude. Like oh, the same record Over and over and over And besides like Zeppelin too. But even Zeppelin too. Like I need to I need to really focus mm-hmm. With like Grand Funk Half their stuff I can just I can just do something else I can read a book no, you
1: but you wouldn't read a
0: book. You no, because I don't like books are stupid. Books are for chumps. I love game fun.
2: Good uh,
1: stuff. It is. Good stuff. Um, the next thing we have here, the Super Bowl here in the United States happened the wildly overrated football game. Uh Green Day did a um some pre Super Bowl concert, but not even a concert because nobody was in attendance. It was and on Saturday. Oh was it on Saturday? I didn't yeah, stupid. Stupid, huh? It's just so unnecessary. Like, why? Why would they set up a stage outside? Like, if you're going to do it, do it like in a rehearsal room or make it intimate. It just, it was silly. And they played three songs. They played a new song. They played Holiday. And they played Basket Case. I The Basket Case, when they played Basket Case, they played it a little bit slower. And it just didn't have, like what you were telling me earlier, like the energy of Green Day, you know? But it was lackluster and unnecessary and silly so i think like
0: like i like i like watching sports i just like watching doesn't matter what it is like the australians open the australian open is going on right now for tennis yeah and i just like watching professional sports in in really any sense because especially now because it just gives me a chance to relax listen to some records throw some professional sports on and watch just like athletes compete. It's fine, it's great. And the yeah. Super Bowl, like historically, I mean, the Super Bowl is like the creme de la creme, right? It's like the World <laughs> Cup of American sports.
1: Yeah, but there's is, not a lot of football
0: played.
2: But regardless,
0: crazy. regardless of how you feel about football, football is a little bit different than most sports because they only play like 16, 17 games. So every game that they play during the regular season, it means something. Whereas you watch baseball, you watch soccer you watch hockey, basketball, every game does not mean something. There are a lot of Greg Popovich for basketball, perfect mm-hmm. example. He would sit a lot of his star players because this game, even if they lose, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. Football's not like that. Every game means everything. And so that's like a
1: slow-paced game that's That's why
0: football should be the best on earth. The <laughs> problem with football is is it's so convoluted by rules. And now, because gambling has, has, has kind of restructured the way we feel about sports, mm-hmm. now we got replays and like officiating and then challenges, and that's why like gambling. As much as I love gambling, because I gamble on this on this game also, mm-hmm. but gambling is like ruining sports is because of the way people feel like officiating, right? Like we're not. Yeah. We're not hiring referees to get the call right anymore. We're hiring referees to get the call perfect. And when they don't get the call perfect, we revert to cameras. And then yeah. it it's, it's begs the question, like, why the fuck even have referees? Why not just have the entire game refereed by cameras? Say, so, well, that's boring. You don't listen to fucking referees anyway. <laughs> and so, true, like, this yeah. whole game is being slowed down by just these perfect calls and these challenges. But anyway, the Super Bowl, like, literally, the Super Bowl in essence should be the greatest sporting event on the planet. But it's true. trash. But it is absolutely fucking trash. And then we're going so far as to think, like, the Super Bowl halftime show mm-hmm. is now this you know dude, like even the commercials people are paying millions just for the commercials but the halftime show is is this point of like contention and and Jay-Z has, has long criticized the Super Bowl yeah. halftime show for not being for not being black enough for not for not hosting a lot of black musicians and things like that
2: yeah. and then
0: but then we get like like these these musicians that will do the halftime show and it's not like child friendly and then people complain that it's not family friendly and it's like dude Football is a grown ass adult sport. Children don't play football. You don't play football till you're in like fucking peewee yeah. or whatever, but you don't play real football till you're in high school. And you're already almost a grown ass adult in high school. So the Super Bowl should not be tailoring to families. This is a grown ass adult sport. Like why 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 are we having the fucking wiggles play the Super Bowl halftime show? Like that's silly. Nobody wants to fucking watch that. That's dumb.
1: you're absolutely right this i mean i agree with everything you just said about the super bowl it's it makes no sense as to why people criticize it so much in that sense and also it's a sport like the commercials should have nothing to do with the sport the all the political stuff should never be in there the the military should never be a part of it the government stuff should never be a part of it it should be you should be focusing on the sport of football not everything else surrounding it, and that's another big issue that I have with with this the Super Bowl and and the NFL in general like it's just so nothing really about it is about the sport anymore it's everything else it's like how how many times can these football players and the organization the NFL organization how many times can they talk about racial inequalities and everything going on in the world like it that's what they focus on more than anything else. And it's so frustrating. Like you watch a sport to get away from all that stuff. You know, you don't watch a sport to talk about real life issues, you know? I mean, yeah, that stuff's important, obviously, but I don't watch soccer for that. I watch soccer because I like the sport and I watch it for the sport. It's and a when, when game, so-
0: that's what exactly what it's yeah, supposed exactly. to
1: be. It's like soccer does that stuff, but they do it before and after the match, you know, like they, and they don't like, Shove it down your fucking throat. You know, it's to the point where, like, where you see it so much, you one, you are like kind of desensitized, desensitized to it, and two, it's like you kind of want to rebel against it. You want to kind of think, you kind of think like, okay, I've seen this so much. Like, stop, like, stop showing me this. This is getting annoying. Like, you want to rebel against it because it's so, it's too much. There there was God, I hate hate the NFL so much. What? It's not just
0: the NFL. To be fair. It's not What's just the, the NFL The NFL is the, is is the biggest everything. The NFL is the biggest offender of it But I was talking to one of my neighbors And I was like You don't know watch Super Bowl He's like Nah I don't watch that shit And I, I knew those were gonna go I said why not He said because they fucking And then he reverted back to like the kneeling For the national anthem and stuff He's like because ever since that shit was allowed Like I don't watch the NFL anymore <laughs> That's so I was silly like, I was like well like I don't know Like are you mad at politicians at all He said why would we be mad at politicians They don't do nothing it's like dude, <laughs> like you're hating the player, not the game, man. Like come yeah. on, dude. Like you're you're so narrow-minded. You 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 you're, 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 you're hating a game that is played by a bunch of people that are fucking in their like mid 20s. First yeah. of all. But yet here we are like run by a country that are people that are in their fucking mid 60s, 70s that don't give a fuck about anybody, but you're not mad at them, but you're mad at like the NFL. You're mad at Kaepernick, you're mad at these people for taking a stand against something. But then you complain that kids these days, right? Kids these days, they don't care about anything.
1: Yeah. But But when they,
0: yeah, but this kid does care about something, regardless if you think it's bad or good, he does care about something, but that bothers Mm -hmm. you. And so that's, that's where our country is now where we get mad at the NFL for being too political. But then we, we, we don't get mad at our politicians for not being political enough.
1: Yeah, but th- that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, take the politics out of it and watch the fucking sport. Watch the fucking game. Like, there's a time and place for everything, and it's to the point where the NFL is more about the politics of everything rather than the actual sport.
0: Football I mean, is I'm, cool, man. Football is Football rad. is lame, dude. Football is so awesome. It is awesome. lame. Like, the sport, is like I lame. said before,
1: it's, it's like one of the slowest sports in existence. That's not the sport itself, though. That is the... It's not exciting. That's the semantics. That's the semantics. I know, I understand, but it's not exciting. If you... I mean, you
0: get it because you guys... You have cable, right? Time Warner cable? Yeah. So, like, on Friday night, Friday nights is generally reserved for, like, high school, Saturdays, college, Sundays, like professional football. Mm -hmm. During, like, the peak times on Fridays, turn to, like, channel, like, 7 or turn to, to any channel that has high school, like, football on. Totally different game. Totally different well, game. Yeah, because it's about it's the much game faster rather than politics. It's a it's a bunch of yes. kids having a good time. The sport itself is fine. Don't hate the player, hate the game. It's the semantics. It's the rules, it's the regulations, much
1: like in society. Okay, then hate the then hate the NFL, which I'm doing. I'm criticizing the NFL.
0: I am too. That's the whole thing is about. But I like the essence of football. Football like, is cool, man. Football is a solid sport. I don't know. There's not a lot of sports know. out there that are like. Football. Football has a solid, a solid foundation in Americana. I mean, college football. talking the culture. College football has but, been around almost as long as baseball. College football goes to the but 1800s. Now
1: but now you're talking more about the culture rather than the actual sport, because there is a sport that's almost identical to football, and that's rugby, and it's way more exciting and fast-paced. Yeah, it's not as like technical. Either of us either of us
0: have not watched enough rugby to know the ins and outs, to know the nuances of rugby, to even compare it to American football.
1: But it's still close enough to where you on a surface level level you can understand that it's a lot like football. But then
0: how do you know rugby's not a lot like football? Which one came first? Do you know for rugby, sure?
1: Yes, rugby did come before American football. Absolutely. Because,
0: because American football has been around since the eighteen hundreds.
1: Yeah, and rugby's been around longer. I think yeah, isn't, you're isn't, fat, you're you are, you are going to bet money isn't, on that right now. Isn't American isn't American baseball just a play on cricket? And right been now you're going to bet money
0: years. that that rugby's been around longer than American football.
1: I can almost guarantee you. Oh, been I can longer. almost. I don't know for sure. I don't know. I don't know. How long has rugby uh, oops, rugby been around? Why do you not just type let's in see rugby Wikipedia? Says. 1823. It says rugby is said to have originated at Rugby School in War- warwickshire england in 1823 so Amer- long, the college football how long is like 1860 has american football been around let's see american football 18 was it says the sport of american football itself was rel- relatively new in 1892 its roots stem from two sports soccer and rugby it says on it go. says November 6th, 1869 Rutgers and Princeton played what was billed as the first college football game. It was game. like a bloodbath, right? Didn't they call it the
0: Bloody Sunday? Bloody Sunday. I don't know. I
1: I don't know about that.
0: I think they called it the Bloody Sunday.
1: So rugby says 1823, American football first college football game was 1869. But it was it it's a combination of soccer and rugby. So there you go. So yes, rugby has been around longer than but again, American neither
0: football. of us watch enough rugby to even because it's come never on. really on. Come you
1: know? on, up until a couple years ago, it was never played really in America unless I, you had a specialty channel.
0: I'm just saying that professional sports. I love professional sports. I can't get enough of them. I watch them all the time. Like I said, I've been watching the Australian Open. Yeah, I know. Fucking tennis. I love tennis. I love all. they, they fucking the the waste management open in Phoenix for golf. Just just. Elapsed since the past weekend. I watched that as well. I like professional <laughs> sports. I wish yeah. we treated professional athletes as professional athletes and nothing more, but nothing less. Mm-hmm. I wish we yeah. paid them, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year.
1: I wish so uh, it would be more about the sport than the fame and popularity.
0: But I also like in in, in Jeff's society. <laughs> I wish it, it would be nice if like if lebron got a a $60,000 a year paycheck but if he went to like i don't know fucking bjs right they paid for his dinner if you went to anywhere else they paid for his dinner like that's that's fine that's that's something that he has that's worked so for but he's not getting paid 36 million
1: how yeah, is that weird yeah. i don't know
0: that's not weird like like historically that's how we've treated athletes we've treated athletes where They've got a modest amount of money, but they've been, you know, they've been like glorified in society. Now it's like they're glorified in society, and they get a bunch of money.
1: Yeah, true, true. <sighs> okay, well, I mean, I'm sure, we could go on and on about various sports, but um, is that it? Do we have anything else to talk about? Nah, oh no, it. we have. Do we want to talk about the SoundCloud thing? What's a? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You put that in there. Do you want to talk about that one? Uh, just real quick. Okay. So uh, from kind of what I gathered in this article, SoundCloud's doing a thing to where, yeah, I guess you subscribe to an artist on there and you pay them directly without any sort of sound, SoundCloud getting any sort of revenue out of it. That's kind of what I get. So you're paying directly to the artist. Yeah. Um, that's what it is, right? Yes. So this is exactly what Tom DeLonge was doing 15, 16 years ago. Well, like, this is not new thing. This is what, this
0: is what like this is what like the rest of the world has been doing for the past decade and a half, two decades, except yeah. for America. Mm, yes, I, yes. I I and, and like from what I read too, I guess SoundCloud pulls pools money and then distributes that money based
1: on who is the most popular. Okay. So oh that's intre- that's in a different way of doing it, I guess. From
0: what from what that article I read, maybe I read it totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure like SoundCloud from subscriptions from everything else they pull the money and then they mm-hmm. distribute it based on how many listens an artist has, how popular an artist is, things like that. So this is going to be Rather like the first time. Hits. This is going to be the first time like an Amer- a big American streaming service is going to distribute money directly to
1: the artist. But SoundCloud's not American.
0: But they're, they're this is Spotify isn't doing it iTunes isn't doing it Apple Music isn't doing it No one else is doing it Spotify yeah. Or SoundCloud Will be the first one To do it
1: Okay Okay
0: Yes they're not American But they're, they're Top three biggest Behind like iTunes and, and Spotify I'm I would presume They're the third biggest
1: I would Yeah I would I'd say you're right With that It's interesting I mean it's good For the artists But I don't I don't see it Really working I feel like SoundCloud isn't Big in America Right like it, this is like no. a tr- like a real international thing.
0: Americans want one thing above all else, and that is convenience.
1: <laughs> we don't. SoundCloud's not convenient either
0: at all. The only, the only one that's really really convenient is Spotify. And Apple Music is too, mm,
1: but it's yeah. not really cross-platform. That's that's the only drawback with Apple Music is that it's really only for iPhones and iPad or like Apple products.
0: All we care about it's, in America is convenience. That, that's why we true, have DoorDash man. for McDonald's. McDonald's will deliver to your fucking house. All we care <laughs> about is convenience. That's all yeah. we care about.
1: You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, if, if an artist can make more money this way, then more power to it. So good for them. Um, so well, that's about, I like, think Patreon that's about, and like OnlyFans are so popular too. Yeah, that's very true. I paid directly. You subscribe to the artist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But still, only fa- like OnlyFans and Patreon, they still get part of the. They still get some of the cut. That's but true. From what it looks like, SoundCloud don't take any of the cut on this one. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. It'll probably be more of a thing farther down the road. But. Um, I guess that's it. And uh, go to iTunes, that's go awesome. rate, review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Get into that. Stay tuned for the main episode because we get into the mindless self indulgence album. Frankenstein girls will, will seem strangely sexy and that's it. That's all. You